before we delve into that to remind ourselves that there are farmers running conventional and intensive farms who are getting very many more things right than wrong. When you look at the sleeve blooms, they're not the most impressive set of hills in the country, but when you're up on top of them on a clear day like today, looking out over what feels like the whole country, it's one of the most spectacular places to be. And from here, I can see down into the farm of Farming for Nature ambassador, Bruce Thompson. The first thing we'd be looking at is that the business has to be profitable. A successful business will expand our calving rates and our conversion of grass into kilograms of milk solids. Bruce is milking 300 cows. The title Farming for Nature Ambassador might suggest to you that he's some kind of a hobby farmer, but this farm is first and foremost a profitable business. You know, we're, we're pushing on the, um, the parameters that way as best we can, but not ignoring the impact that we're having on the environment. A healthy portion of the profit and spare time from the business has, though, been reinvested in nature, with results that you can see left behind in the animal tracks all over the farm. There's a pine marten footprint. Uh-huh. That's a fox. Right on top of it, yeah. Yeah. Deer. Yeah. And you see that one? What is that? That's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce is famous in farming circles for his experiments with dung beetles. They take a waste product that is full of nutrients, carbon, and full of parasites. They sterilise the parasites and put the, the nutrients into the soil at the roots of the grass where it becomes a valuable product. And then their final useful service is to enter the food chain at the bottom of the pyramid. So this is where the real gains come in. So when my cow drops dung pat, fills up with insects. And these insects then are a, a great food source for, for um, different species. So you have your foxes and your badgers, bats. So your pipistrel bat loves the, there's a species of dung beetle called uh, roof bees. And then other birds, so your, your songbirds, um, coal tits in particular, when you realise what's going on, you come out to a paddock in the summertime three days after it was grazed and you would see the, the coal tits swooping around. It's food for the plants and food for biodiversity at the same time, ecology. When people who have issues with farming look at a farm like yours and they say, oh, that's a green desert, how does that make you feel given the amount of thought that you're putting into what goes on here? I don't really listen to him, to be honest, Philip. <laughs> I've given up on it. It's a very small number of people that are doing it. Know your own worth so mm. that you don't really have to pay too much attention to the critics. Yeah, well, p- pick your own goals, isn't that it? The ice on the tracks crisscrossing the farm is thick. As we walk, Bruce points out the cattle-proof tree guards around the saplings all along the roadway. There's, here's my tree guards. As you can see, there's a line... That goes the whole way down to the forestry of trees. Yeah. These allow us to put a tree anywhere on the farm. I tried them last year. I'm very impressed with them. Describe it. It is like a piece of mesh that has barbs sticking out of it. And it's coiled around the tree. So it gives the tree room to grow inside it. 
um, but the cows will not touch it. I've had 300 cows amongst these trees and they never touched not one of them all year. So it means that I can actually put them out in the middle of the field now if I want. What's your thinking behind getting into the trees at all in the first place? Is it drainage? Is it farming carbon? What? True society is where men plant trees and never sit under the shade of. So there's absolutely no reason I plant them other than to plant trees. Now that's pretty zen. (laughs) My farm has left me in, in a very good condition, but I want to leave it in an even better condition to my kids or whoever else might come along. Why isn't everybody thinking like you? Be, be a very odd world if they did. <laughs> <laughs> we've a pond here, and the far side of the forestry, we've plans to put in another bigger one. Uh, this one is not completely finished yet, but you can see the idea here now. Split level pond split, as well. Split level, yeah. So any, anyone can build a level one. <laughs> <laughs> what are you hoping is going to be the benefit? So in, in, the, in the first part here, we're going to put in pampas grass and uh, sedge. Currently, it takes the water off of the roof of the sheds and clean yards. So it's to remove, absolutely remove any possibility of anything ever getting into a waterway. As well, fish are going into this side. Right. And then the, we're going to put plants all around around it so it's uh, I believe that a pond uh, puts a huge positive impact on biodiversity so that's look if, if I thought a little small area like that was going to do that then I, I couldn't not do it you know what I have to do I'm sorry the 12 year old the 12 year old boy in me on an icy day like today is not going to resist oh my god that ice is thick it is thick isn't it that's a good, almost an inch. I'd say it is easy, yeah. Will it support my weight? <laughs> go on, no, go, on. go on, go on, go for it. It's not that deep. No. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't be that cold. Aside from ponds, one of the few signs that Bruce is doing things differently to others are his hedges. He's letting the tops grow out to provide habitat and only cutting the base at a gentle slope to stop it encroaching too far into the field. And we're not touching the tops. So that's, that's the job in terms of the way to cut from now on, um, on, on a three-year cycle that way. Was it a major psychological break with the way that you had been farming in the past and the look of the farm in the past? Because people like a nice, neat-looking hedge, and this looks a little bit more scraggly. We're working on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking to my psychiatrist about, about it. <laughs> we used to get compliments on the way the farm looked. People driving by the road would say, your, your farm's looking very well after you get the hedges cut. Um, I haven't gotten that now in a while. <laughs> um, but you knew what the impact I of knew. those neatly trimmed hedges was. Well, I, I didn't then, um, to be honest. When you're, you know, in, in, in that psyche, you just think there's enough room for nature somewhere else. But... <laughs> There's not. We know that now. Um, so, look, I, I know, I, I, I look, I admire different things going on on the farm now. You're looking at things like solitary bees. They're things like you'd never have, until recently, didn't know they existed. And seeing, you know, seeing birds, particularly going into bird boxes that, that would have been put up, you know, you're impacting positively then. Would it be the case for you that once you learn about ecological damage that's being done, you can't unlearn that, and it was pricking at your conscience. There's no excuse for ignorance, really. I think you know if if you if you if you know about something 
and you know it's doing harm like what why would you do it there has to be something there's there's a different psychological uh, problem there i think um if if you're knowingly doing harm for something and and not benefiting so this isn't it isn't impacting me actually if you think about it this is financially i'm better off because i'm not paying someone to go and cut me hedges every single year and spend hours on one hedge getting it manicured perfectly so i'm saving money there's also less noise in your head, isn't there, then? Because you don't have to wrestle with that, oh, I'm continuing to do something that I know is causing harm. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not having that argument with myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, less money on the therapy. Exactly, less money on the therapy, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, all that ice is long gone now. So there's a man, Bruce Thompson, happy in himself about what he's doing, feeling positive about the future and very far out in front of any environmental regulation change.